most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses All right, Hen <laughs> I'm buzzing with my chapstick Yes, your accent has definitely got a brush up this week With our Scottish friends having stayed with us I did Ken, what you're talking about Would you like me to translate for you? You're a chancer I'm a chancer Which means I'm a a person who takes chances. (laughs) I did say last week that we'd start this week's episode with some choice phrases from our Scottish friends. Yes. And I've got four of them that I heard them say. Okay, I'll translate. You you say them and then should I should I tell the translation that is what you told me they are or should I just tell you what I thought they were? Tell me what you think they are and then we'll tell our listeners what they are. Okay. This first one I had never heard before. <laughs> but as we sat down for sushi, Andy proclaimed, I'm buzzing out my chapstick. Yes, I had no idea what that meant at all. <laughs> no, I'm not sure what chapstick had to do with sushi. No, but he was buzzing out his chapstick, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> apparently that means I'm so excited. Yes. So there you go. One of my favorites was when he was in the car and you were driving mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, oh, Amber Gambler. <laughs> Which was when I drove through a yellow instead of stopping. Right. So an Amber Gambler is one who chooses to run an orange, yeah. hoping it will stay there long enough. It was fine. I was fine. What about you had a chancer? You already tried that. Uh, I don't know what a chancer is. Do you like the way my voice drops an octave when I speak in Scottish? Oh, I... <laughs> all right, hen. All right, doll. All right, geezer. All right, neighbor. No bad gadge. Aye, no Bye. bad gadge. <laughs> and then number four. Yeah. That's give me the bulk. That's give me the bulk. That's give me the bulk. That's pure gaga. Uh, it made you feel sick. Very good. The Thank bo- you. The bulk being nauseous. Oh. You're giving me the bulk. <laughs> but what's the gugget? Um, the gugget is not the gugget. You would use gugget to refer to something. That's pure gugget. That's Mart's, gross. That's pure gugget. <laughs> Very good, babe. Thank you. Thank you. So. Uh, give me a book. No, you don't want to give somebody the book. <laughs> did you notice this week that my accent genuinely came it, back? It did. It was getting stronger and stronger. And then they left. They were only here for like four or five days. I had a fighting chance of having a Scottish accent in the house again. And now they're gone. Well, they, they correctly told me I don't have a Scottish accent. It's true. They said that you've always sounded posh, not real Scottish. Well, that's because they're from the land of the great unwashed. Right. I was raised in some civility. (laughs) I don't know. I've been to Dundee. (laughs) Careful, you're going to offend our Dundonian listeners. I'm sorry, my friends. (laughs) We're recording this right now while the second American presidential debate is happening. Is it the second or the third? It's the second one. Okay. And... We haven't been watching it, but our friend Kate is watching it. And every so often you just hear her go, oh, like that. So we want to know what's happened. I don't know if I want to know. I, I kind don't. of, I kind of do, but I'm kind of, uh, yeah. I, I wait for the transcripts to come through because I can read transcripts obviously faster than I can watch it in real time. But you don't get to see all of Donald Trump's facial expressions reading the transcripts. I can like, pretty much I'll do some that. for you. Here you go. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh, varied. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Right. Okay, so... For those of you who are wondering what those expressions <laughs> were, they were in order. <laughs> Donald Trump waiting for a cheeseburger. <laughs> Donald Trump frustrated because one of his socks is missing in the tumble dryer. <laughs> and Donald Trump ecstatic because he's just won the lottery. Yes. Well, I'm very talented. Mm-hmm. 
Um, tell me about this week. It was a great week. We, uh, on the school, we taught on the prophetic and activated all the students and they just went for it. It was amazing. So activating people in the prophetic sounds weird, mm-hmm. but basically we're just teaching them. The Bible says that we're to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And if we're going to eagerly desire something that God's asked us to eagerly desire, it only follows that being a good father, he's going to give us what we're desiring. Yeah. So then we teach people the basics of prophetic ministry and then we get them to practice in a really safe environment. And then they're astonished at how prophetic they are. Yeah. It's always fun to watch that. And you did a great job. You're doing all the games. I I like doing the games. They're very fun. You're amazing at organizing about 90 people in a large room to do all these prophetic games. Uh, I don't know if it's amazing or not. I don't, I, I mean, it's just math. Yeah, well, that's where it falls down for me. Right. Because I'm like, can I have one, two, three? No. How many people do I need? Oh, no, no, <laughs> not you. Backwards. No, no. Row one. No. Oh, this is too hard. Yes. We've seen that before. We've learned over the years it's mm-hmm. easier just to get that done. Yeah. And then you were full on DIY queen this week. I really was. We talked last week about you starting your mudroom slash drop zone. Yes. But this week you finished it. It's finished. It just needs its hooks as soon as the paint is dry. And Do you want to talk us through the process of that? Wow. Well, you know what? I took a picture of every single uh, thing that I did. So if somebody wanted to recreate it, they could do that just by looking at the pictures. Of course you did. Um, so I'm going to post like a, I don't know how yet. You'll help me, I suppose. A flipping a flipping you watch slideshow, you know, like where you can see the pictures as they progress. I understand. Um, yeah. So I'm going to post that at some point this week. Look in the show notes and we'll, you'll find a link to it. Well, yeah. you won't. Because, well, it'll be on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Follow yeah. us on Twitter and we'll post when I just done that. Okay. But it looks amazing. I mean, honestly, Thank you're incredible. You. Thank you. I'm really happy with it. I'm and, I've mandated a new rule about when you're doing woodwork. And what is that new rule? Uh, you want me to wear jeans and a tank top? Tight jeans and a tank top. <laughs> and we need to get you like a belt hook to hang you're like all nerd. the power tools on. No. I would totally like a belt hook. Oh, yes. I would, I, I'm totally up for that. Okay. Yeah. Consider a belt hook. I, I managed to use all of my power tools this week. I used my circular saw. I used my miter saw. I used the jigsaw. Um, I use the drill and driver. I use my sander. Um, trying to think if there's anything, my nail gun, the Brad nailer. Oh my goodness. It's so fun. It's terrifying watching you wander (laughs) around with a nail gun. (laughs) I had so much fun. I love the nail gun. I'm just looking for things to like, uh, that was, (laughs) never mind. I'm staying out of your way. Okay. I thought it was funny for our kids to watch like, so today, for example, you were working on the drop zone. Mm-hmm. And because you were working on the drop zone, I made the kids dinner. Yeah. And I actually didn't because Abigail made all the mac and cheese on her own. And Tia said, would you teach me how to make steak? Right. So I was teaching her how to prep a steak, how to heat up a grill, how to trim the excess fat off, how to turn them, how to let them rest. She how was to add very butter. proud of her steak. And then she just devoured this medium rare steak. And at one point it had blood dripping down her face. Well, the poor honey, she's missing teeth on the top and the bottom. So she <laughs> she she has trouble eating anything. She's the cutest little oh. drooling carnivore I've ever met. She's so cute. Yeah. Um, iPhone 7 Plus update you switched last week. I love it. Really, you I just do. sold. Yeah. But honestly, the camera is astonishing. I know it's we say this every week. I cannot get over 
the quality of the camera and the quality of the screen. I can't either. It's amazing. It is absolutely astonishing. Yeah. Our main topic for this week is born out of the last couple of weeks. Yes, it is. We're going to talk about hospitality. And this is primarily because I have been, uh, in my devotions this week, I've been reading all about judgment and we can save that topic for a a different day. But I came across a verse that has nothing to do with judgment and it's in 1 Peter chapter 4. And it says this, this, this has got to be one of my most outstanding verses that I've ever read. And of course, I've read the Bible many times. So I, I know I've read this verse or these series of verses, but I've never seen them before. Okay. But it says this, the end of the world is coming soon. Cheery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Okay. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Okay. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Very nice. And I thought, that's quite the progression of statements. I mean, it starts with this this massive mic the drop statement. The end of the world is coming. The end of the world is coming soon. And yeah. I'm not being flippant here, but guys, the end of the world is coming soon. I've, I've been talking to the Lord a lot about eternity and what that means, but we'll save that for another day. But the end of the world is coming soon. That's a really big, loud statement. And then it goes on to say, so be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Because the end of the world is coming soon, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. But no sooner has Peter finished saying that, he then goes on to say, but most important of all, more important than the end of the world, and more important than praying, show deep love for each other. And one of the ways you can do that is to share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. I was like, I love the Bible. Like, it's so... Practical. Well, it's... It goes from the end of the world to have people over for supper. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's quite an amazing thing. And I, I just got to thinking, like, we, in terms of having people over, we've had quite a few months of hospitality. We started with your mum coming to stay? Yeah, she came for pretty much all of August. Right, and then we had my dad come to stay. Mm-hmm. And then we just had Andy and Lorna okay. come stay. Yeah. And then this weekend, we hosted a bunch of people. We had about 45 people over for lunch on Saturday. I wanted to talk about this. Okay. I live in fear. This is a sidebar, by the way. You're not supposed to live in fear. No, but I momentarily stepped into fear. Okay. On Saturday, we wanted to invite everyone over who helped us move house. So back in July, we sold our house, we moved into a house, and it also coincided with a vacation we'd booked back in January. And so... About 35 people, all told, helped us in various ways. Loading, moving, cleaning, s- cleaning, storing, storing stuff, yeah. uh, you know, the, the full gamut of things. And we mm. were so blessed by our community. And so we wanted to have them over and just say thank you. Some people who had helped us move out of our old house had never seen their new house. And anyway, we just wanted to get everybody together and thank them. And I kept... As to the best of my recollection, very detailed notes about who helped us so that... Later on, I could invite everybody over. But the night before, I thought, <gasps> what if I've forgotten people? So that was my fearful moment that somehow we have left somebody off the list. We forgot to invite them. And that would just be terrifying. So if you happen to be listening to this and you helped us move and you did not get a thank you card from us and you did not get an invitation to come to our taco thank you party. We're so sorry. Well, we are sorry, but we'd love to know about it. So please just contact me. Let me profusely apologize and we will make it up to you for sure. Those were, those cards were, the invitations were mailed out, not emailed, but they were mailed out. 
Yes. Hand mailed. Hand mailed. It's one of the rare times I've actually used an analog writing scribe to convey my feelings. It's true. You you sat there several evenings in a row handwriting out thank you cards. And I had to write in all caps because I've forgotten how to write in cursive. Well, that's probably better because in cursive your handwriting is virtually illegible. <laughs> Thanks, babe. But, but I love you. You do love mm-hmm. me. You could have been a doctor. Anyway, we had <laughs> 35 people plus kids, about 45 in total, for lunch. And we we did tacos. We 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 cooked a bunch of steak and a bunch of chicken and then had everybody over and everybody assembled. And it was so much fun, wasn't it? The it house was, was so filled fun. with I people and brimming. And we got a mix in our neighbors and our friends and our colleagues. And anyway, it was just tremendous joy. So thank mm-hmm. you to everybody who came with that. And then today, Sunday... We had all our small group leaders, or as many small group leaders as could make it, come over for lunch after church too. So, uh, hospitality has been on the forefront of my mind. But when I read that verse, I was I was really astonished by it. I was astonished that one of the kindest ways you can show love is by, by having people over. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I mean, we have talked at length before about how we're both um, introverts, you yeah. know, so... Typically, we would rather stay home than go out, although I'm more extroverted than you are. Right, but you um, still need a lot of alone time. I need a lot of alone time. So I fill up by being alone and I spend energy on people. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting when even just contemplating, okay, we're going to have two events at our house this weekend, you know, and there's going to be lots of people coming over. I, on, I, on top of having people stay with us during the week. Yes. On top of having a normal job. Yes. Uh, so it's not like we don't interact with people all day long and, you know, have normal friendships or whatever. Um, but I do find when I know I'm going to have a big spend of energy on Saturday, for example, on Friday, I'm sort of storing up and I'm a little bit quieter. I'm a little bit, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just trying to... Um, reserve energy for the next day, but I don't, uh, um, I don't resent it at all. Like I'm just sort of trying to manage energy while, uh, aligning myself with what's going to happen the next day. But do you find having people or showing hospitality to be rewarding to you? Yes. I like it. I really like it. It's really fun. And it's strange, isn't it? Because you'd think it would be taxing, but it's actually quite the opposite. Yeah. There, There is to be sure a bunch of work beforehand, but Having people over, there's a tremendous joy. It's almost like the Bible knows what it's talking about when it when it says, be hospitable, have people yeah. in for me, have people to stay. Yeah. Well, and our community is amazing. Like everybody just sort of arrives and chips in and whatever still needs to get done gets done. And, you know, it's just, it's just fun. It's kind of, it's just a big family. Do you know so. what also is amazing about our community? What? Was we put on our invitations for both events, a star and a finish time. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, and we made it clear that it was a drop in, drop out. So, but th- by and large, everybody showed up at the time. Nobody showed up before the time. Mm-hmm. And by the time came for everybody to leave, we didn't say anything. Everybody had just left on yeah. time. And I felt so loved by that. So I felt did I. like, oh, you, you guys are so honoring about that. And it was this like short two two and a half hour burst of time. And I and I loved it. And then, of course, we got Brett Ratliff, who's the master doer. That before he left, he was like, "Hey, you know what? Let's, what king, wants to be he? done?" And yeah. I turn around, and yeah. within about fifteen minutes, our house is put back to normal. So anyway, That's amazing. Do you remember two weeks ago? I was thinking about. I, I read that verse after this happened two weeks ago. AJ and I were at work, and being pastors, 
we don't have a lot of days like these, but there are days when you just get absolutely tanked. You hear some bad news. You're involved in perhaps a pastoral situation that's fairly heavy. And a couple of weeks ago, we just had one of the hardest, emotionally speaking at least, one of the hardest days Mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just got tanked, didn't we? We got to about lunchtime. We heard some really bad news. We were praying through a bunch of pastoral situations. And it, it takes a lot to wind us, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it takes a fair amount, yeah. But this winded us to to the point that we both left work early. Yeah. We came home about 3.30, just so saddened and really deeply grieved in our hearts. Sorry, this isn't a downer, it gets happier. But we came home, we got home about 4pm and literally all I wanted to do was just say goodnight and go to bed at 4pm and wake up the following morning because... But we have children, so that wasn't an option. (laughs) Yeah, we have children, but we'd also made plans to have friends come over. That's right. Yeah, we had. And no no disrespect to our friends who are coming over because what I'm going to say next had nothing to do with them at all. But I just couldn't face the thought of having guests over. It, it wouldn't have mattered who it was in the world. I think we, we just hit a wall. Mm. But we'd made plans that, and we want to honor our commitment. So we just did the grown-up thing and just thought, okay, fine. Well, let's get ready to entertain people. But what I didn't bank on happening was having people over was the best thing that could have happened for us. Yeah, there was so much life on it. And it wasn't distraction. It wasn't, well, I'll just, you know, avoid... I'll avoid these problems I'm feeling. Mm. It, there was genuine, like you say, life. There was mm. uh, a joy in cooking food, preparing food, anticipating their arrival, making the place feel like home, Yeah, planning through the, the evening, putting the kids to bed, and then just sharing face-to-face, heart-to-heart conversations. We laughed, we caught up with them, we yeah. ate food, we just lounged around on our giant sofa. I made dessert. You did make dessert. Mm. Could you make dessert tonight? I'm tempted. You absolutely should. I think that's the word of the Lord right there. But it was just such a tremendous night. And they left after they left fairly late and Mm. on what was arguably one of the hardest days. And I felt energized and joyful. And I was like, Lord, there, there is something to this. Yeah. And I think, babe, the same with this week as well. Like typically our weeks are like every other working adult in the world with kids. They're just busy. Yeah, nonstop. So having visitors in to stay, uh, I was really wondering how is that going to work? You, um, you mean with like energy levels? Yeah, or? yeah, totally with energy levels. But it was so much fun having Andy and Lorna here uh, and really just felt energized by the amount of time that we got to spend with them and just knowing like in coming home, they were going to be here and we were going to get to get more time and hang out and... Um, again, get your accent spruced up and whatnot. I think it also helped that they're fairly robust guests in that they didn't need much managing. You know, they rented their own car and we pre-planned. Like they said, you know, we know you're busy, but, you know, when could we get together? And so that that was comforting knowing that they could look after themselves. And so they just went out and about during the day and we would catch up with them at evening. But Mm -hmm. still, it was so life-giving to just sit down and be connected and show some hospitality and yeah i i I loved it so i don't know and they both like coffee 
That's important to you. It is very important to me. It's hard when you have guests stay that don't like coffee. Baby, I don't like coffee. Is it hard living with me? No, I mean I've, you know, I've prayed about it now, and it's I'm I'm fine. I I you know just you're very gracious, yeah, babe. Yeah, thanks, thanks. It's funny this weekend we we had back to back days um, of hospitality, and our, our friend Kate asked us today. She said, "Did you guys get to rest this weekend?" And we really didn't. But yeah, I feel super energized for having people over. And I, I really loved it. Where where did you learn a passion for hospitality? Well, my, um, you know, I grew up in a large house. Uh, and my parents, both of them loved cooking. Both of them took gourmet cooking classes and all that kind of stuff. And both of them loved to entertain. So they would have, like there would be a New Year's Eve party and and, uh, you know, there might be only 30 or 40 people there at the New Year's Eve party, but they would have, you know, people over for that. Um, every summer they had a faculty party for whatever high school my mom was working for. And so then there would be hundreds of people, uh, at the house for that, you know, cause in the summer you could use the backyard and stuff too. But, um, my parents love to have dinner parties, to have people over. It's where my deep love of smoked oysters comes from. I've got the book. <laughs> That's pure gugget. That's pure gugget. It isn't. It's really good. Um, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, some of the, I don't have that many pictures of my dad, but I have pictures of him making Spanish coffees at New Year's Eve. Well, he would just sit there and sing to himself and light things on fire. <laughs> So, yeah. My parents were the opposite. We didn't have huge parties, but my mum was so hospitable. Like growing up, it was absolutely normal for us to always have people in our house. Like every Sunday, we would, as, as far back as I can remember, we would always have people at our house. After church, my mum and dad would always invite any new visitors. And even if there wasn't new visitors, they would always have the young adults always have the students over to our house. And it was just a normal thing. Any given Sunday, there would always be people in our house, always. And while my parents didn't throw parties, they, my mum always managed to feed everybody who showed up. And during the week, I never had to ask my mum or dad if somebody could stay for dinner. Yeah, it, I knew we could always. And the same on the weekends. We always had people staying. My sisters, myself, we always, always, always had visitors. And so there was just this joyous noise in the house of always having people to stay i think it's funny because we we've inherited some of that from both of our parents haven't we like take for for example christmas we love having people to stay for christmas which mm -hmm. again it's a little bit of an enigma because we're both really quiet insular reserved people well, we're not reserved but we're, we're we're quiet people and yet every year and sometimes we think, oh, maybe we should just do our family this year. But whenever we think that, our kids are always like, who's going to come for Christmas this year? Yeah. Well, they've got it too, haven't they? I think there is something lovely about, well, for one thing, we are a family and we have a place to stay and the Lord loves to place the lonely in families and right. we're happy to be one of the families that he places people in for a season or for a day or, you know, for an event or whatever. So, um. It's I, I love having people over, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever it is. And it, it makes the day less about presence and more about, you know, family and, and yeah. I wouldn't say that we have the gift of hospitality. You know how scripture talks about all these spiritual gifts. I would say we love 
entertaining and we love being hospitable. Mm. But we've got some friends with the genuine gift of hospitality. Oh, yes, for sure. And the difference is amazing. So I'm, <laughs> I mean. It's true. It's totally true. Some yeah. of our friends who, when you go to their house, they have this magical ability to make you feel like you are not imposing like there's nothing they wouldn't do for you. Yeah. And I think their power to make people feel special is incredible. Yeah. I think I also have friends that make people feel special by using their artistic giftings, you know, like the way that they transform their house into yeah. just being a space that says, I planned for you. I right. want you here. I made everything beautiful for you to come over, you know, and, and you're like, that. oh, that's amazing. I we feel, don't so much have that, no, that piece. You're we, right. We I, more have the, let's eat food and hang out. <laughs> I feel like a bumbling amateur in that side, but it's something I would love to grow better at. So yeah. I love going to other people's houses. Here's the thing that I noticed is some people's houses are filled with stuff I never think I would ever want to buy. But now that I see them in their house, I'm like, oh, that makes me feel special. Oh, like what? General knickknacks that okay. are put everywhere that I'd never think, mm, I think I'll buy a pair of antlers. But when I see them in this <laughs> place or, you know, we've got friends who've got like leather bound books that aren't real, but they look real. And I'm like, oh, that adds a real warmth to the room. And so right. there's all these things that are just not in my wavelength to think about. But when I see them, I take a photograph of it and think, I want to replicate that in our house. So... I I love some of our friends who are so gifted, like you said, at creating spaces. And w I, the trick is to have them come over and just let them loose on our, on our house. It's true. Uh, when we did, when we hosted Shaylee's shower at the beginning of September, right? You know, um, we hadn't even unpacked. No, and and the ladies that came in and did that, honestly, I was like, y'all should start a company or something, and right. just and throw showers for people. Cause there's people like me that are like, I love it when there's people in my house. I love it. That's getting used for that. I don't think about tying lavender and little strings and you know, all the things that are like, right. Oh, you, you thought I never would have thought of that. I yeah. Mean, it is so amazing. Yeah. So, so I love that. We need to grow in that area. I do want to say, however, if you come home with antlers, they're growing in the basement. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never buy antlers. See, it's never th something I'd think of. That's good. I kind of like wandering around World Market and looking at all the stuff that somebody thought that would be good to put in your house that I would never in a million years think to put in my house. But right. now that I see it, I'm like, oh, same with Pottery Barn. There's just a bunch of nonsense that you're like, uh, why would I need a leather clad pipe holder? But now it looks good. Yeah, we should put <laughs> now one. Now I need a pipe and a leather clad pipe holder. <laughs> no. Do you want to know one of the most interesting verses in scriptures is sure. to do with hospitality? Sure. Hebrews 13, verse 2. Okay. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Right. Let me hear a ooh. Ooh. Yeah, there's a sobering thought for you. Yeah. But I also think about the random people that we've met over the years because we've had them come stay with us. Yeah. That we we wouldn't otherwise be connected with. So some of our really good friendships have come out of them needing somewhere to stay and then being referred to us by people we know who are like, oh, so-and-so's in town, but they're going to know where to stay. And we're like, oh, they, they can come stay with us. Yeah. And now they're friends. And I, I, I love that type of thing. I do too. I love it. What about when you have people to stay, but now you don't want them to stay and you want to strangle them? Um. Well... I, I've given up strangling for Lent. That's good. You're a spiritual giant. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And so. But seriously, there is a, there is a 
thing, like my brother-in-law says he has the two-night rule, that you're welcome to stay for two nights, three days, and and then after that you have to leave. And we've stayed way more times than that. And, you know, my sister Karison and her husband Ben, they're super hospitable. Like every yeah, time we go to their house, awesome. they they have this amazing ability to make you feel really, really welcome, even though all you're doing is eating through their <laughs> eating through their cupboards of of food and reclining in their leather chairs. Yeah. But how do you balance that with, I guess we do it in short doses, don't we? Yeah, we do. And uh, typically we have sort of some sort of boundaries on the front end. I mean, if you, if you know you have friends staying and you know when they're flying in and when they're flying out, uh, you know, that's fine. Right. Um, and that's, that's great. Cause you've agreed to that on the front end. And, uh, if it doesn't sound too methodical, I can apportion energy to that. And you know what I mean? You just like, yay. And then I can just enjoy it. Cause I know, you know, I know when it starts and when, when it ends, we have a, we've had a couple times where we've had uh long-term people stay where they just haven't had a place to live. Right. And the Lord's given enormous amounts of grace for that as well. Yep. So uh, maybe little... we do like people staying with us. I don't know. Well, I, <laughs> Yeah, let's not get too excited there. We we do have, a, a, probably unknown to most people, because why would you know this unless you've ever stayed with us, but we do have a little dossier that when people come to stay, it explains everything about the house. Yes. Which, that removes a lot of anxiety, because why would anybody know the particular quirks of our life if we hadn't written it down? So, right. literally, when you come and stay for the first time, there's uh, like a little visitor's handbook that tells you how to use your house and what our sleeping patterns are it's, and how we get in and out and how to set the alarm, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. We haven't trained them how to use the coffee machine, though. No, you don't trust no, that's, them. That's my job. All right. Let's wrap this up. I okay. want to encourage everybody who's listening this week, practice some hospitality. And you're going to do it for other people, but you're going to be surprised that there's going to be a reward for you in doing it. But mm-hmm. before we leave you, we want to leave you with five top tips for hospitality. Are you ready? I'm I'm absolutely ready. Go for it. Okay, tip number one. It's better to do it than not to because of worry. What so, do you mean? Well, you know, when you're just like, oh, what if it's not awesome? What if I can't do it as awesome as, you know, Bubba up the street or whatever? And then, so you just don't do it at all. Right. Um. Well, that's robbing life from you. It's robbing life from other people who want to spend time with you. Um, And people do feel loved and welcomed when you invite them into your house, even if everything isn't perfect. We had some people over where we still had boxes everywhere and, uh, you know, they didn't send us any complaint letters afterwards. Well, that's the thing. You you can, we were talking about our friends earlier who are just high producers and in terms of the life languages, they're, they're exceptionally gifted at hosting people and they think through, you know, look, I made these burlap placemats with matching burlap name tags and you know, this custom uh, wreath for the season that we're in. And, and I, that's astonishing. But if you're living in competition with somebody else's gifting, yeah, you're never going to invite people in. But right. people aren't coming to you because of your gifting. They're coming to you because of your invitation. Right. So be encouraged. Just have people over and work from there. Amen. All right. Number two, don't serve the people at the expense of enjoying the people. This This comes back to, and I fall into this because as a high doer, I want to make sure everything's done, but I can actually ignore my guests while making sure the meat is ready for them. Yeah. And I have to remember the people are the reason that we're doing this. Yeah. If everything else goes wrong, we still succeed because there are people at our house and we're enjoying their company. So who cares if the meat is a little overcooked or better better overcooked than undercooked? Yes. 
significantly better. But I mean, by all means, aim for excellence. But if it all goes pear-shaped, it doesn't matter. You can laugh about it. It's a great story to talk about the next time you have them over. It's true. It's true. Um, Don't worry about tidying. Just focus on cleaning. So basically, as long as stuff is clean, people don't really care how tidy it is. Right. I mean, you don't want it to be unhygienic. Right. But if it's messy, we all live in messiness. Right. And that's real life. I mean... Yeah, I want to talk about that. I, For years, I just thought we failed at living well. And what I mean by that is I'd go to other people's houses and they would be immaculate. Yeah. And I would be like, oh, we suck. You know, there'd be <laughs> people in the same stage of life. Yeah. And they'd have young kids and yeah. they're both at work, but their house is amazingly tidy. I mean, right. I mean, beyond tidy. I mean, like the baseboards have no... Uh, caked in dust you know you're just like wait a minute how do you do it and so there's this like i realized at least i hope i'm right in this that that's a fictitious version of life and so if we're all doing that we're all perpetuating a standard that we don't live at like we were joking i mean of course we tidied our house we had 45 people coming over so we we tidied more than we normally would on a saturday yes but the whole idea is like yes come on in no our house is always like this are you kidding me yes the the sofa cushions are always perfectly and and that's just not real yeah and so i just want to encourage people get past that yeah i mean you don't want to ignore sanitary situations (laughs) but if if we've got friends who've got kids yeah they don't care that I don't care that our toy room isn't tidy because yeah. let's face it, as soon as their kids get here with our kids, it's going to be untidy again. You should see so. MJ's man cave right now. It's destroyed. Yeah, but it's perfect. It's isn't perfect. It? Yeah. Little toys everywhere. He's happy as Larry. Um, yeah. I remember talking to Aline about that once and just saying, well, every time I come to your house, it's perfectly tidy. And she's like, okay, if people are coming over, I just throw everything upstairs and then I don't let them go upstairs. And I was like, I've done that. So it was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about, How about food choices? Our suggestion is serve simple foods with large groups. This is number four. Serve simple foods with large groups. So when we had a bunch of people over on Saturday, we just did assemble your own tacos. We just made a bunch of meat, a bunch of fillings, put it all on the side. And that way, everybody else could sort out their own food allergies, food preferences. There was corn tacos instead of, as well as flour tacos, or you could go flourless if you're But you paleo. banned me from making my own salsa and guacamole. I did. And why was that? Because we had lots of tidying to do before right. they all came over. And it takes you hours. It was, it doesn't take me hours, but it was probably wisdom. Right. But Thank you, baby. I did have about eight people say, is this your homemade salsa? And I was like, no, no. But nobody cared. Yeah. But the point is, put out lots of simple stuff and let people... The, do you remember the first meal we fed Jeff and Becky and their kids? <laughs> yeah, we made uh, those Thai roll-ups with the rice roll-ups. This would be an example of uh, everything we've said before. So when we moved to Franklin, we had our senior pastors, Jeff and Becky, and their wonderful kids, Joel and Bethany, over for dinner. But we just moved into a house. We had no furniture. Remember, we'd borrowed some folding chairs from Gray Center. Yeah, and a folding table. And a rickety old like card <laughs> table as our dining room. Yep. And we fed them uh, these Thai roll-ups. Yep. So we just put all the ingredients out and said, you know, make your own food. There wasn't enough seats for everybody, so we sat on the floor and ate <laughs> Thai food. I think we rotated the chairs, actually. I think we rotated who got to sit. Right. Yeah. But it was still fun, and we laugh about it to this day. Yeah. So, again... Start small. Yeah. All right. Last one. Last one is practice makes perfect. So just keep trying, keep having uh, 
um, events or, you know, small group gatherings or whatever, and just, you know, find the stuff that brings you joy in that and go for it. All right. So our challenge to you this week is have someone over this week to your house. Don't cop out. Don't take somebody out. Just invite somebody over, even if it's for Taco Bell. Mm, Taco Bell. No. No, I mean, even Mm -hmm. if it's for a burrito, just people love being invited into other people's homes. People who love people don't feed them Taco Bell. All right. Yeah. You cross the line there, Jones. Let's wrap up. Okay. We started this week by talking about our School of Supernatural Life. We were teaching this week on prophetic ministry. If you're listening to that and thinking, man, I would love to learn more about prophetic ministry, then do we have something for you? We have recorded a five-part teaching series that you can download right now to learn how to prophesy. I grew up not knowing that you could hear God's voice today. And once I did, and once I started learning about prophets and people with the gift of prophecy, I always wondered how it worked. And so I gave myself really to attending every prophetic conference I could, reading every book on prophetic ministry, and worked hard at learning to understand the gift of prophecy. And since that point, we have traveled all over the world. We have trained hundreds of people how to prophesy And after more than 10 years of study, 10 years of practice and and asking questions of every prophet we know, we have prepared this super practical, easy to follow teaching on prophetic ministry. So we're going to teach you how to prophesy, how to see in the spirit. We're going to give you top tips that will help you step out in prophetic ministry. We'll give you games that you can practice on your own or with other people. But it's a five-part teaching series And it's the most practical, hands-on teaching we know how to prepare. So if you would like to learn how to prophesy or even grow in the prophetic, you can download it today at our website. Go to alanandaj.com slash prophecy. And it doesn't matter how you spell that, with an S or a C, it will take you to the same page and Mm. you can download them today. All right, folks, well, have a great week and be hospitable. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.